The Small Queendom Podcast, Episode 8. of the Enneagram series. My conversation with Beth McCord was so wonderful. She is so incredibly easy to talk to and, and warm and kind. And I hope that you get some, some good insight from our talk today. I mentioned this last time as well, that the Enneagram can be a neutral tool, but it lends itself so well to using a little bit of a framework in the faith, especially in the light of the gospel. And Beth and I get into this a little bit in this conversation. I hope that it is very inspiring and meaningful for you. Be sure to check out the show notes for the ways that you can connect with Beth. And I hope that many of you will. And as I promised our July giveaway, when you take a screenshot while you're listening to the podcast and share it in your Instagram stories and tag me at smallqueendom, you'll be entered to give away our goodie bag. And I'm very delighted to say that I will be giving away one of Beth's uh, coaching tools for you when you find out what your Enneagram type is. So I hope that you are the winner for this. Another quick little surprise is I have a bonus episode. It is shorter, but I cut a portion of my conversation out with Beth and wanted to make it a bonus episode because it is about the Enneagram and parenting. So be sure to watch for that this week as we put out an extra little special surprise for you. So without any further ado, here we are with Beth. Hi, Beth, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I have fallen in love with the Enneagram. Just last year, actually, when I was going through some personal counseling, my counselor pointed me to the, the assessment and the whole types, and really, it has been kind of a journey to unpack it all. Right. And I realized quickly, like, I want this to be part of my conversation with my listeners with my podcast. And I thought I need someone really awesome to come on and talk to me about this. And I had discovered you on Instagram and it is an amazing resource for people that you provide. daily. So yeah, I love it. It's so much fun. Amazing. So before we unpack it all and get into that, let us know about you a little bit and life in the Nashville area and how you found the Enneagram. Yeah. So yeah, I do live in the Nashville area, Franklin, Tennessee, um, just south of Nashville. We've been here four and a half years, so I didn't grow up here, um, but it's an amazing place. And I think everyone is realizing that because everyone's moving here literally, feels like. Um, but it's beautiful. I grew up in the Midwest, so a lot of flatlands. Um, so I grew up in Kansas City, and I have an older brother, and um, I've been married for 23 years. We got married after our sophomore year in college. Yes. Nice. Um, and then we had our two kiddos by the age of 25. Okay. While we were in seminary, Covenant Theological Seminary in St. Louis. And so as anyone can imagine, that's a lot, especially when you're like dirt poor in seminary. Um, all in all, the Lord really used it, but it was in that season that 
we had friends that were going to counseling Mm -hmm. and their counselor recommended Enneagram. Okay. And they were kind of our mentors. So they told us about it and I just loved it (laughs) from the beginning. But type nine and times we don't really know ourselves well. So it was like clarity, like this is amazing. Like how does not everyone know this? Um, So I, but I wouldn't say I, I I dug in at the same time as a nine. We think, well, no one else is like I am. So maybe I shouldn't be doing this. I should do what other people are doing. So I found myself for the next probably five or six years diving in and then backing off, diving in and backing off. Okay. And it was mainly because no one else was doing it with me, you know? So Mm -hmm. as nines want to go along to get along and but no one's going along with me. So is that? bad, wrong, you know, so all those thoughts would swim in my head, but I would, when I would dive in, I mean, I just loved it and brought so much clarity and I could see things. Um, but I just didn't really know what to do with it quite yet. Then we started having friends when we ended up moving to Illinois, um, that we, I would say that we infect them (laughs) (laughs) wherever I go. I kind of infect a few people. Um, so funny. It seems to kind of come out in the conversation. Yeah. And my friends haven't quite, you know, found their type yet. So if I'm honest, this is, I'm hoping that they will listen to this and now can get on the same page. (laughs) I have a way of infecting people. No, um, No, but it's really fun because, you know, they were the, so my husband was the associate pastor and they were the youth pastor and wife. And so Jen and I were really dear friends. She's a four and I'm a nine and her husband's a nine and my husband's a six. Oh, how funny. And we just really gravitated towards it. And we were Mm -hmm. able to really bring in language of the gospel. Mm -hmm. Um, and our conversations were just a lot about how we saw things, our perspective, encouraging one another, mm-hmm. uh, but also crying to get, you know, I mean, just all of it, like, it, cause you're so exposed, but to do it with people that are safe and vulnerable yes. and can bring the gospel to bear for your life is so important. And so that was really, um, a huge blessing. And then other people in our church started to really love it. And we were discipling people with it, but it was very okay. informal at that time. Um, and then we, um, came to Nashville and I was quiet with it for about two years mm-hmm. and was praying, what do, what do you want me to do, Lord? And then we were in a season, a, like a drought, literally like with a job, like our job, we had to leave that mm-hmm. and God wasn't providing any mm-hmm. job. And I was like, what in the world? <laughs> you know? And I really think it was God saying to me, you need to get out there and do this. And as a wow. nine, it's like me, what? Like no. Talk <laughs> so about being brave. Well, especially for your, for your type, really stepping out and, you know, not towing the line right. and saying like, okay, I have a voice and this is what I have what to I offer do. here. Yeah. So as you, you get it. And so, but even on a daily basis, I'm like, I know this is really important, but man, it's hard to assert myself, you know? Yes. Um, but I love the, I mean, it's such a joy to watch clients and people on Instagram and all over the place growing in their understanding of who they are in light of the gospel so that they can absolutely with God and others. So it just invigorates me every time I meet with clients or speak and I hear people growing. Um, so the Lord's just doing some really amazing work. So that's kind of where we're at today. Oh, I feel like we could talk about that portion of your story for a long time. There was so many good things. 
would you mind if we take a little walk down the Enneagram Boulevard and just kind of briefly go over the types? And then I have, you know, definitely some things that we can kind of branch off into. Sure. Yeah. So um, when people are looking for their type, they're wanting to, because the Enneagram is all about motivations, why you think, feel, and behave in particular ways. So it's not about what you do. Um, but we're so trained in other typologies to look mm-hmm. at the outward manifestations or behavior yes. or attributes. And that is not what this is about because let's say we're talking about all nine types, all nine types. Let's say we have nine of them in a room and they all love a pristine home. Okay. Yes. They're all going to do it for very different reasons. Um, now we all think what? No, I'm sure it's all the same. You know, well, you're looking at it from your lens. Um, and so. I want to clean home because then I can rest and chill and be laid back like a good old nine, but a one's going to do it because it's the right thing to do. And a six might want to clean home because there's less chance of people getting sick, you know, and worst case scenarios. So we're looking at behind the scenes of why you do what you do versus what you do. Um, That's so good. Yeah. So when we're looking at the main types, um, you can go on my website and you can click the, take the free assessment. Yes. I would encourage people to do at least the first two steps. And Mm -hmm. the first step is the assessment and all assessments with the Enneagram are only going to be about 70, 85% accurate because it's trying to assess your internal world. And depending on how well you know yourself will depend on how well you actually take the assessment. Mm -hmm. So that's going to like give you maybe a heads up. But the second step is my overview. It's a PDF. It's free and you can download it and it shows you the motivations of all nine types, which we're not going to have time to do. No. Yes. So for those who are like, okay, the name, this one name sounds really like it might be me, but I don't know. Then that free PDF, it's just the overview of nine types Mm -hmm. would be a great place to see Mm -hmm. the motivations. So, um, so that would be where you want to go. Now, the third step in that is my Discovering You course, where I really explain the Enneagram, why it's like an internal GPS to help you stay on your best path mm-hmm. and not to fall in the ditch on the side of the road <laughs> <laughs> that we commonly do time and time again. Um, and that's called Discovering You, and it's going to help you to also know all nine types in a deeper way so that if you're kind of stuck, like, I don't know, that would be a great place to then take it a step further. Totally. Uh, so here, I'll just kind of tell you the nine types and the names that I use, which comes from my teacher, Catherine Faber. Um, She has a two-name descriptor that I love. Um, and so the type ones are the moral perfectionists. The type two is the supportive advisor. The type threes are the successful achievers. Type fours are the romantic individualist. Type five is the investigative thinker. A type six the loyal guardian type seven is the entertaining optimist and type eight is the protective challenger. And last but not least, my type is type nine, the peaceful mediator. I love that so much. Um, I definitely felt like it helped to take some kind of guiding test and then to read through it all. Mm -hmm. Um, Because like you said, there, it's a lot to unpack. And Mm -hmm. so at this point, I'm, I'm leaving it a little open-ended, but at this point, I think I highly identify being a three. And then of course we do have wings that come into play where, you know, it's easy to see more than just one type kind of 
coming out to you. And so as I was looking into the two wing, that, that kind helper or that four wing, that individualist kind of an artist, I definitely identify with that four wing. And my husband is a five, that Uh thinker up in his head with a four wing. Oh, so you guys can kind of meet there in that creative space. Yes. We're both musicians and I am creative in other ways and he's a songwriter and, you know, we love film and books and talking about all those things. So that's fun for us. Yeah. That's, that's so great. I love that. Mm -hmm. Now, um, one thing that was really intriguing for me is that when you look at the nine types, I don't know what the, the correct term is, but each of the, there, there is a section of, of three types that kind of think or lead from their head, their heart, or their gut. Do you kind of want to talk about that just for a second? Absolutely. Yeah. So they're called the triads and the type eights, um, nines and ones they're in the gut triad or the instinctual center. So they, they go off their instincts. Now they'll do it differently and they have, it's, it's mainly because there's an emotional imbalance and there is a common desire between the three. So the emotional balance between the gut center is anger. Now, here's the interesting thing. It's very different for the the three of them. So eights are more visceral in their reaction to anger. It's like this intense fire that needs to be expelled quickly. They're not even thinking about it. It just happens. So think about a two liter pop that's a Diet Coke and you throw a Mento in. Mm -hmm. It's going to explode, right? Mm -hmm. Like instantly. It's like, poosh. Well, that's more of a type eight. And so it's very fast. It's very reactionary. Um, they process quickly and their um, desire is justice like the other two, but their desire for justice is to make sure that people are not at the, mer- uh, at the mercy of injustice. Okay. So helping the innocent, protecting others, protecting themselves. Um, kind of so, makes you think of like an activist almost. Exactly. I mean, think about like Martin Luther King Jr. was a great type eight. Okay. Um, so when you, you know, if a, it could even have a five foot two hundred pound woman who's a type eight and she's going to think she's six, five, if she sees injustice, <laughs> you know, if she sees someone hurting a child, she's going to move in quickly and mm-hmm. she's not going to think twice about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very decisive. It's very clear. And they're the kind of people that, you know, say it like it is. Um, so their anger is the one that's more noticeable. Now it's not like they're angry all the time. You know, it's, you know, it's just that when they see an injustice, um, they speak out, they're going to speak out. Mm-hmm. Nines, on the other hand, are going to be, um, they live in a fog, and so it's hard for them to sign, see their own desires and needs, or they'll go along to get along. Um, and so they don't like anger because they don't want conflict or tension, mm-hmm. so they suppress their anger. But they can either suppress it so much that they literally numb out in life, or they're going to explode like a volcano every once in a blue moon, which... Mm-hmm really is like, wait, what just happened? Um, but the thing that they get frustrated about with injustice um, is when other people aren't kind and considerate and thoughtful and mindful of others and respectful. So they want everyone to have a place at the table, to know that their presence matters, um, to include everyone, even if they disagree, just everyone has a place. So if they feel that people are excluding others or being judgmental or not thoughtful that will make them pretty frustrated. Um, and there's so much more to all of this, but we're just yes. giving a, a high view, overview. Um, the ones on the other hand, their anger is repressed because that would be bad or wrong. They're the moral um, perfectionist and they want to do what's right, black and white. And so they repress it, but it kind of comes out as 
criticism, being nitpicky, judgmental. Yes. That they think it's advice, but others will take it as, why are you criticizing me? Um, and so it feels a little bit more prickly. Um, and so think of a two liter pop that's been shooken up, but the lid is halfway on, halfway off. And it's like kind of spewing on the sides, but it's not mm -hmm. a full, full, full form explosion. Um, and so that's how the one's anger kind of comes out. Mm -hmm. um, then the next triad is the feeling triad or the heart center. And that's the twos, threes, and fours. And they have an imbalance in their emotion of shame. And they have a desire to have significance or a very specific identity. So the twos in the feeling category, they're not feeling their own feelings. They're feeling everyone else's feelings. Absolutely. So I have a good friend who is a two and it's amazing. That is the truth for her. Yeah. I have to, I feel like I have to bring her back a little. Yes, absolutely. You have to kind of like snap them out of it, you know, if you can. Now the nines will feel the tension or the energy in a room. Like if they, they'll sense if something's off. Um, but the twos are feeling people's feelings and they have this really intense um, awareness of the person's needs. Like it's uncanny. Um, and so, and so that's where their emotions go. The threes on the other hand, struggle to have their emotions because they grew up with this thought, my emotions and my own identity get in the way of success. So I kind of push them aside. And so they actually access, yeah, you're raising your hand. I'm like, raising my hand right now, y'all. Oh man. <laughs> yes. And so they're like feelings, what? And like feelings, they're not efficient. They're not productive. Like they need to go to the wayside because I need to achieve and be successful. So it's hard for them to access their feelings. And the fours feel all of their feelings and then some. They dig deep and go um, headlong into their emotions and really can nuance them and explain them. Um, and, and I'm gonna butt in just to be yeah. just to be selfish because you're right in front of me. I have felt that back and forth in my life so much. For yeah. so many people, I am the strong person. I don't let the emotions get in the way of what needs to be done. But then with maybe the people I am most intimate with, or maybe even with myself, like mm -hmm. I am highly emotional, you know? So for some, maybe that is coming off as moody. Like I'm okay one moment. And then the next moment, sure, I'm like having yeah. an emotional well, breakdown. <laughs> So like you were talking about the wings. So just to let people know, wings are the two numbers on either side of your main type. So for you being a type three, two and four are your wings. And you can bring in the attributes, the healthy, the average, the unhealthy attributes of those types. So you don't become them, mm -hmm. but you take on some of their flavor. So think of like salt and pepper enhancing or flavoring your personality. So what you're saying, being a three with a four wing is kind of like me being a nine with an eight wing. They're okay. highly conflictual. Because the, yes. <laughs> the three is like, okay, put on the image, put on the persona, let's, you know, play the part, let's look good. And the four is in there going, no, you need to be authentic and real <laughs> and deep. And how dare you put on a persona? And so there's this back and forth inside. And the three is like, don't show emotions, like just get things done. The four is like, what? Everything is emotions, you know? So you are speaking about language right now. Yeah, there's a real battle. I mean, and so the nine with the eight wing, we'll get to the nine, but that's how I, feel. I mean, it's different, but it's the same battle that ensues inside. But then what wins out in the day is usually our main type. Mm -hmm. um, so then um, let's see. So the twos want to be seen. So the significance, remember they want significance and identity. The identity or the significance the twos want is for people to see them as the most kind and loving, supportive nurturer that will step in at any moment and like, 
have a casserole or have a gift or have um, whatever it is that you need, um, they're just going to know like, mm-hmm. and have it. And, and it unhealthy they do. places. They do. Yeah. snow. And, but at the unhealthy place, they actually insert and cross boundaries. Um, whereas a nine isn't going to do that. They're going to like, I'm here if you need me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, they're kind of waiting to be asked. The twos are like, oh no, I'm, I'm definitely going to give you what you need. <laughs> so those are the kind of, those two get kind of mixed up. Um, the threes want to be seen as the most successful, admirable, um, have high regard, be respected and those kinds of things. And then the fours want to be seen as, um, unique, different, special, one of a kind, um, just those kinds of things is what the four is looking for. I feel like the fours really seek out the beauty in their life. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. you know, they will have those, maybe those pretty touches in their day to day or in their own routine or, you know, and you think, oh, that is, that's so cute. Or where'd you get that? Or I never would have thought of that. Exactly. Yeah. They're amazing with beauty and aesthetics and being just um, themselves, bringing their own sense of, um, aesthetics and an eye to design, um, that like a lot of us would go, Oh, I never would have thought of bringing those two things together, but that is just amazing. Um, and then there's some fours that they are, um, very comfortable in the space of being highly unique mm-hmm. in their design. And, and so it can kind of be anywhere from super refined to super creative and abstract. So it's not, there's not one mm-hmm. way, but beauty is a huge thing for them, um, from whatever perspective they're seen it through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, then the next triad is the head um, uh, triad or the uh, thinking center. So the five, six, and sevens, um, their imbalance is um, in their emotions is um, anxiety mm-hmm. and their desire security. So the five's anxiety is that they don't know enough and they need to gain more information. That doesn't always mean reading, though I would say most of them do like to read, but even if you don't like to read, it could be surfing the internet and gathering information. It could be mm-hmm. listening to podcasts, like there's watching TV programs that are highly in, um, informative. But for them, having more knowledge brings a sense of security. Mm-hmm. Um, the sixes, oh, go ahead, you were gonna say something? I was just gonna say my husband is a five. And mm-hmm. I think for, my observation is that he wants to be seen as competent, yes. you know, capable. And for yes. him, that comes through with what he knows and the knowledge that he's possessed and how he's able to integrate it. Exactly. Perfect. Perfect example. And that will bring him a sense of security. Absolutely. The problem is they never feel like they know enough because mm-hmm. there's so much more knowledge in the world to know that if they wait for that, oh, I've got it now, they're going to wait forever. Because there's always more information. Um, And so we really want to encourage them, like, you know enough, step out and do it. Oh my gosh, that is so true. (laughs) I have said those words in the past month. You know Um, enough, you can do it. Yes, yes. So the type sixes are your worst case thinkers, um, which is great. I mean, if you're stuck in a crisis, you better have a six around you because they've thought of everything. And they're actually really calm in a crisis, but they're worried about, a crisis coming. Mm-hmm. So they are the worst case thinkers. They're planning, predicting, um, making sure everything is going to be okay. Um, and so where they find security 
is through asking advice, getting guidance um, and security from mentors. It could be a belief system. It could be a university, a you know, place of learning. Anything that's going to give them more knowledge to feel secure um, is going to be really helpful for them. And they're highly but, analytical, what mm -hmm. I, can, I can find. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, these are all the three, the thinker types. Like, mm -hmm. you know, so being a nine, I have no problem shutting down my brain. <laughs> and literally it just turns off and we can be driving and I'm like not thinking of anything. And my sixes in my life, which is my mom, husband, and son are like, what? Like, how do you turn this thing off? You know? And I'm like, how do you not turn it off? Well, um, it's funny for me as a like really centered in my heart, you know, I'm, I'm a three, so I'm smack dab in the heart. In the past, I've heard people say, well, just go with your gut, go with your gut. And yes. I'm, and I'm sitting over here thinking, what? Like, yes. are, I have no idea how to go with my gut. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And that's where it's fun because we have, we're imbalanced in these areas, not in a sense of like totally wrong and bad. It's just, we really gravitate towards one of them. So yeah, it's great for us to learn. Oh wait. So for me being in the gut center, like, Oh, I need to lead with my heart sometimes, or I need to think more about this than mm -hmm. just going with my gut. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so the, the six is their minds constantly racing and thinking, mm -hmm. And so, and they have this inner committee that pulls them in different directions of, well, what about this and this and this? And so having someone from the outside give them guidance and support that they trust um, brings a sense of relief and security that they're looking for. Okay. So they need some kind of ground, like outside voice to kind of ground the, all of that inner chatter. They, here's the thing. They think they need an outside voice. Oh, okay. And, and yes, they do. Meaning like the Holy Spirit, but mm -hmm. um the Holy Spirit's going to speak to them, their true self and bring peace and assurance and like, okay, yeah, this is the direction I need to go because they're so discerning, like they, but they don't trust themselves. So they ask for people's advice or books or other things. And so we want them to learn how to differentiate between this inner committee they've got going on. That's bringing the chaos and all the different thoughts and their true self and listening okay. to the Holy Spirit there. So that's a whole nother, you know, thing for them. Um, now the sevens are, um, their anxiety comes from the internal world. Like, oh no, I cannot deal with sadness or negativity. Like let's all be positive. You know, that avoidance um, of pain. Yeah. The avoidance of pain being trapped. Um, that just feels highly anxious to them. So guess what? They go out into the world and experience fun things and are always planning for new adventures, whether it's little or big. They're basically like a kid waiting for Christmas, like, oh, the anticipation is so exciting. So they always have plans A, B, C, D, and who knows all the way to Z. Um, just in case something gets boring or limiting them, they're ready to jump on the next plan. Mm -hmm. So, and that to them feels like security. Um, and so that's how all the triads work. Let's talk a little bit about how how the gospel comes into this because yeah. my counselor obviously, you know, brought this in from a biblical standpoint and I didn't realize I was a three until I heard kind of that pain point. And, and that really has sent me along in a journey and answering that question. And for me, a three is, you know, am I doing enough? Am I worthy of love just as I am, you know, take away the accomplishments, take away, the goals, take away what I've done, you know, that feels very vulnerable. Oh yeah. And the, tr and it's been, it's been difficult. And, oh, yeah. but the truth of it is, is I, I am worthy because 
because Jesus said so. Right. And he went and did all the things, you know, yes. and, and he says that I am enough. Right. And that, but that is very hard to connect to that inner, that like that inner dialogue. So what would you say to someone who, you know, feels vulnerable or even gets a little defensive when they realize kind of what that inner pain point is and how would you encourage them to kind of dig in and and find that hope in the gospel? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I think we all, so my story is, I think everyone's story, um, as a pastor's wife, you know, and, Mm -hmm. you know, you guys heard my story. Um, and then, you know, our kids, I think it was like around, let's see, what age would they have been then? Um, like five and seven is when we moved to Illinois. And, um, you know, at that stage, we were probably around year seven, eight or nine, you know, somewhere, maybe a little bit further than that, but, you know, we're, we're doing the same dance as a couple, right? We're doing the same fights, the same arguments. Um, I mean, we've used the Enneagram for a little while, but we haven't really figured out how to really talk about it in our everyday life. Um, we were still working on that and I just couldn't figure out why am I stumbling so much? Like, is there any sanctification happening here? You know, it's like same old patterns, same old patterns. I keep following that same pitfall every single month, year, you know, you name it. And so it's highly discouraging, um, you know, to the point where you're just really questioning a lot of stuff. Well, Mm -hmm. that's when I started reading about the levels of development in, um, Richard, um, uh, not Richard Bohr, I'm sorry, uh, Don Richard Rizzo and Russ Hudson's book. There's one called personality types. It's an orange book. It's real thick. It's pretty awesome. Cause it really goes into a lot of details. Okay. If you like to geek out. Um, but oh, I totally love to geek out. Yes. <laughs> so in that book specifically, and the wisdom of Enneagram has a shorter version of what I'm talking about. Um, but the longer version is really, really neat. And so when I was reading about my type and when I'm healthy, I'm going to look a very specific way. I'm going to have specific thought patterns and behaviors and motivations. I'm much more at rest and it just looks completely different than when I start to get into what they call average, or we also say autopilot zone where we're distracted and we're just kind of going about life. And then it looks very different when you're unhealthy. And we call the healthy part living as his beloved. Hmm. So we know, believe and trust in our identity in Christ and our hearts at rest in what he accomplished for us on our behalf. And then when we start to kind of forget that, it's not that our status has changed, but we've started to forget that. Um, We start to live in our own strength, which is kind of that average zone. Mm -hmm. And then when we've completely forgotten that he's there for us and he's done all these amazing things for us, we start to live as if we're an orphan. Like we're all alone in life. There's you know, no one there for us. And that's the unhealthy range. So what I realized was when I was looking at those, I was like, oh, wait, so when I'm healthy, I want to do this. So when I'm kind of an autopilot or average mode, I'm doing this and then unhealthy. And I just, it just dawned on me, like, no matter where I'm at in those levels, I'm still secure in Christ. Like his work Mm -hmm. is finished and complete. So my relationship with him is still secure. Now, obviously on this side of heaven, I'm still you know, struggling or doing well and all that kind of stuff, but I'm secure in him. So if I'm secure in him, so he forgave me and he gave me his righteousness, those two components, then I can look at where I'm at with much more grace and freedom and a lightheartedness, not in the sense where I'm saying, oh, it doesn't matter. It's actually the opposite. Mm -hmm. Wow. This really brought Christ to the cross 
but he did it already and I'm safe and secure. So how can I look at it with a new lens of I'm okay, but I'm also not okay. Like I'm okay Mm -hmm. in him, but how can I bring this back to the Lord? So if I, you know, as a nine am being passive and checking out and not being really mindful and not engaged, that's not the best place for me. And Mm -hmm. so I can recognize that and bring it back to the Lord and ask him to work in me. So I surrender and depend and work. Will you work in me to be more like Christ? I can't just get there. If I could, I would have done it like 15 years ago when I started learning, oh, as a nine, this is the healthy place. So it's really about acknowledging where we're at and bringing it back to the cross and Mm -hmm. just knowing he's the one that works in and through us. And he is the one that wants to bring us to a healthier place because it glorifies him and it blesses others, including ourselves. And so for me, that was the biggest aha moment is oh, I'm actually good and okay in him. And so I can do this hard work in a whole different trajectory with a peace and a comfort that I never thought was possible. Now, I'm still a huge type nine. I still have the same (laughs) triggers and thought patterns every day, but I've learned how to see them as flags, as a rumble strip on the highway to wake Mm -hmm. me up, to help me to realize, okay, that's not what's true here's what's true. And so talking about with my husband, like, you know, nines feel like our presence doesn't matter. My Mm. voice doesn't matter. Why should I speak up? Who really cares? Who's going to listen? Well, when those come, I know that's not the truth. Mm. That's not the gospel. They feel true even to this day after doing 15 years of, of my own work. So, but I don't have to put myself down for it feeling true because that's the, the flesh, the, the lower parts of the personality, the higher parts of the personality trust and believe in the gospel. And I walk out in, um, how I was created. I speak, I do things, I trust in the Lord. I feel safe and secure. So it's not that the personality is wrong. It's where are we caught? You know, are we caught Mm -hmm. in a trajectory that is not truth versus what is truth? Wow. That is so good. And I kind of think like some of, some of these, you know, these like hints at where we can kind of go off course a little bit. They're almost like gentle guideposts yeah. along the way. So, okay. It's like, it's like a flow chart. Are you yes. feeling this or this? Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. And that's why I call it like, um, the Enneagram is a internal GPS. And a lot of this stuff is those rumble strips on the highway that like, okay, wake up. You're totally going off path. And if you keep going, you are going to go in that common pitfall that you've always done. And so then I can have that choice to go, Lord, I totally need you to keep me on this best trajectory that you want me on, but I can't do it without you. Otherwise I'll totally steer this car into that pitfall because for some reason, I think it's going to bring me life. <laughs> it totally doesn't. It does feel like when you are not paying attention or being complacent that you just get stuck in those same patterns and it is hard to yeah. grow. I think it's hard to grow because, yeah, I've been trying to think of, you know, my personal journey and the Enneagram and becoming more of a picture of Christ, you know, putting on the mind of Christ and all that as coming from his Mm -hmm. wholeness and his completion instead of trying to get to it. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because we, it's complete. He said it's finished. Um, Now the tension is we live in the already, but not yet you know? Yes. So the already is we have security in him, his, 
He has removed our sin and he has given us his righteousness. So when God looks at us, he sees us as righteous. We don't have to keep punishing ourselves and um, putting ourselves down. Like that's been taken care of, but we're still in the not yet, meaning we haven't experienced complete glorification. That's when either we pass away and we're with him in heaven or he comes um, Mm -hmm. to bring it to us. So, um, so yeah, so there's the tension and we need to embrace the tension and to know that he, he came while we were sinners, Romans 5, 8. Like he wasn't like, okay, I'm going to, oh, wait, you guys, you were sinning. I don't know if I, no, he knew what we were going to do, you know, the past, present and future. And so we're not surprising him. So if we're not surprising him, we can freely come to him. Mm -hmm. It's just such a beautiful place to go. I am his beloved child. He, he knows the, the struggles that I have as a type, whatever, mm-hmm. and he cares and he, the gospel. And that's what, so when I do my coaching, there are specific messages that I give to each type to unlock the burdens that block them from fully embracing the gospel. Mm-hmm. And once they have these keys, cause it, I mean, the keys are already theirs, you know, it's kind of like Pilgrim and Dadding Castle. Like mm-hmm. it's like, oh, wait, I have a master key. Uh, we've been here this whole time and I, I could have unlocked it. So we all have the gospel at our disposal. But what's really cool is when we see, oh, it really says that. Like, so for our type, there's something blocking us. And once we realize, oh, the gospel answered that for me, mm-hmm. it allows our hearts to be so much more free and to live out the calling that God has called us to in a way that glorifies him, blesses us and others. Oh man, I love it. And this kind of, you know, before we wrap up, this makes me think of, you know, the, the, the truth that we are all made in his image, yet we are all so different and nuanced, but yet we are all a picture of something important that he has created. Yeah. And so it really, really, as a three, I'm relieved that I don't have to do and be and people please right you know to really get to the core of who i am right yeah and that's the beauty so we have unity god wants us to be unified as a body of christ in our diversity Mm -hmm. like so when we think about the body of christ like you've got the feet and the legs and the heart and the head you know you got all the parts and we need them right yes if we just had feet like okay. And then what, or we just had hearts or just had, you know, so we absolutely need all of these personalities. And I know we're talking about just the nine basic types, but there's so many layers. Mm -hmm. I just wish I could even convey how many combinations there would be. And so there's just, it's a vast rainbow of color that Mm -hmm. we have out there and we need all of these people, but we, we need the most is for them to trust the cross that your sins have been forgiven. You don't need to, you know, shame yourself, put yourself down, beat yourself up. Christ took care of all of that for you. But also what he took care of is, is he lived a perfect life for you. And so not only did he take away your sins, he gave you his righteousness. And therefore you don't have to earn your place anymore. Whatever your type is telling you, you need to do, that is not the truth. So for the nine, it's like, I need to be the most peaceful, kind and accommodating and going with along with people. No, I don't. I need to trust that God created me in a specific way that my presence does matter and to live that out. Now, my brothers and I will scream at me like, no, don't believe that. That's wrong. You know, but that's where I bring in certain scriptures, worship songs, books that I read that counter 
the false messages or the, the core lies of my type so that I can live in the truth of the gospel. So good. Beth, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Okay. Before we sign off here, um, tell us about what you have going on. And obviously we've mentioned your website, but go ahead and mention that again and how people can really get plugged in. Yeah. Okay. So your Enneagram is my website. Um, and I will put that in the show notes. Yeah. Okay. Um, and when you go to that website in the upper right hand corner, you're going to see, um, a button that says, take the free assessment in that link, you will see three steps. And I highly recommend people do all three steps. Um, but when you take the, the free assessment, you'll get an email with a discount code of 50% off for the third step. Okay. Yeah. So it's really, really good. Awesome. Um, but the first step is the free assessment and let that to be just kind of a guiding post, like a heads up, but use step two, which is that PDF overview. It's free. Download it and see and compare. Is this really my core fears, my core desires, or is there a different type? And then do the course, you know, for 50% off. Um, and with the course, we're going, I'm going to really walk you through. So pretend like you're, um, a parent who's 75, like, my parents, who don't know how to use a GPS. I'd have to teach them how to use it. This GPS, this internal GPS, the Enneagram, you have to know how to use it. Just Mm -hmm. because you find your type doesn't mean you know how to have growth and transformation. Yes. So that course, it's only two hours long and it's broken down into 10 minute modules, is going to not only show you what the Enneagram is, how to use it, but then all nine types. So those would be the three things I highly recommend. Once you've gone that path and you're ready to geek out, (laughs) you're going to do my exploring you online course. And I do it in person too, but this is a much cheaper way of doing it. It's same content. I have five guide sheets, five pre-recorded videos that I'll break down your personality um, type into bite-sized lessons so that you don't get overwhelmed, but you can start to really grow. And the growth is amazing. Like I, I literally have this best job ever where I literally see people transform right before my eyes. So I hope that for everyone else. So I'm actually very excited to personally go through that experience and just how exciting it is for people to know that they have a way to really bring forth their best self, who they truly are meant to be. Right. Right. And there is no greater gift, I don't think, than than to show up as who you are. And it's not about uh, focusing on ourself. Mm-hmm. It's about being our best self. So we are actually a conduit for God's glory. Absolutely. That blesses others that has a direct ramifications on us that we get to experience as well. So it's all about God's glory and living that out. Um, and so that's, you know, a lot of people are like, but I don't want to focus just on myself. And it's like, it's not just that we're focusing on you. We're focusing on you so that you glorify God and bless others. So that's a really big, um, and then follow me on Instagram, your Enneagram coach. That's where most of the people are at. And that's where I found you. <laughs> it was, yeah. It's such a good, such a good feed of just amazing content all the time. Wow, okay. Before we sign off, I'd have to ask you a couple of fun questions because we've gotten sure. pretty deep and I love that, but let's uh, lighten it up just a little before we say goodbye. Beth, if you could get on a plane right now and go to have a wonderful trip, where would you go? Okay. Where would I go? You're asking a nine in the moment. Okay. Really I'm sorry. I should have said this no, before. No, it's, it's, it's a whole experience, right? Like, so people get to see okay, the nine walks in a fall. Where would I want to go? Um, I think I would. Hmm. I'm thinking like a thousand places all at once. I think I would go to Ireland. Ooh, nice. One. I don't even know why I said that, but 
it just sounds kind of not too hot and beautiful and green. I love green. So anyway, and then of course you two is there, which is like one of my favorite bands growing up. So maybe I would run into them. Probably not, but maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I have friends who visit Ireland. They loved it. Yeah. Great place to go. Okay. uh, Let's do another one. Um, Favorite kind of takeout. Favorite takeout would probably be Oscar's Tacos right now, which we haven't, I mean, it's just a, you know, just a taco place, but they have great nachos that are just amazing. And my husband and I can share it. And so it's not super expensive, you know, and your dinner's made for you. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. All right. Now, are you a Target shopper? I like Target. I'm not a big shopper. Oh, okay. Well, then maybe I should say, what's the last thing you Amazon primed? Ooh, good question. Okay. Um... Probably my, uh, I would show people, but they can't see this. Um, I have this table that I put my computer on because I work from home. And so as a nine, I live to be cozy, comfy. So I'm not sitting at a desk. I'm like in a chair or couch. And there's these desks that have the legs that you can manipulate. So oh. like you could be laying in bed and you can be, you know, or on a chair and you just um, manipulate the legs so that you can be pretty much anywhere and at any position. And it's great. So that if I want to lay down, I can still work. If I want to sit up on the couch, I can. So it's such a funny nine thing. Like I like, we're comfort junkies. So it allows me to have my comfort while I work. Love that Amazon. Amazing. All right. And last question, what are you reading or listening to to now that is fun or inspiring? Either one. Okay. Um, Okay. So this, I wouldn't know, wouldn't say fun, but it's good. I am in the middle of listening to The Healing Path by Dan Allender. Um, it's such a, cause you know, working with so many clients, I don't do therapeutic um, mm-hmm. healing cause I'm not a counselor, mm-hmm. but just to understand the healing path and to, for me to be aware when I need to refer people to counselors, if I'm hearing something. Um, but then also for my own work, you know, there are things that we all go through in life that, um, we experience betrayal, um, powerlessness, and ambivalence. And Dan Allender does a masterful job in navigating our hearts. And so that is my most recent. It's actually an audiobook. Oh, I love Audible. Is that what you're listening to? Actually, I'm not. Have you heard of Scribd? No. It's that. S. It's S C R I B as in boy, D as in dog, Scribd. Oh. And it's an app. It's kind of like Netflix but for reading and audiobooks. Oh, yeah. So you pay like $9 a month, I think it is. And, you know, if they have it, you can listen to it or read it. And they have articles and books and audiobooks. I mean, it's just this awesome thing. So I'm definitely looking that up. I'm an audible junkie myself. So yeah. So this is great because you know how in audible you have only so many credits I don't yes. think there's any credits here. So now that doesn't mean they're going to have as many, I don't know, books, audible, audible books, but I love to just take walks or be on a drive or whatever and just soak up whatever I can. Oh, that sounds so nice. Yeah. Beth, thank you so much for being on here. Your gen- generosity of time and your wisdom. And I know that we've just, you know, not even skimmed the surface. And I hope that people are inspired to dig into this more. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited now that I can talk about the Enneagram and be like, oh, you need to go back and listen to Beth. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's so, it's so nice to finally just, because like, even for me, the, um, all the years that people didn't know the Enneagram, I'm, it's just amazing. Like, people know about this. Like, 
I don't have to explain it anymore, or at least to, you know, to some, but it's just amazing that it's actually sweeping the country and I love it. It is. Yes. My friend says I'm talking Morse code when I start talking about it. Yes. So then again, everyone needs to learn it because it's amazing. <laughs> yes. Thank you again. Okay. Thanks. All right. I hope you love that conversation with Beth as much as I did. I learned so much from her and I'm so excited to continue on in this path of growth that I have found through the Enneagram. And I hope that this has inspired you as well. And if you can think of someone that this would uh, be helpful for, you think they would enjoy, please share this episode with them. And I'm going to go ahead and ask you again, if you are enjoying the Small Queendom podcast, would you please give me a rating and review over on iTunes or wherever you are getting your podcast? When you leave me a review and a rating, it just helps me get my word out and to create a larger community of women who are wanting to move from surviving to thriving and create that inspiring queendom in their life. Don't forget to watch out for that bonus episode that is coming your way this week. And until then, we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye.